So the market starts its day by dropping 200 points. And Texas is reporting what very well could be the first death in the United States from monkeypox. More people will pay attention to one death from monkeypox than they will to a third day of a falling market because the chairman of the Federal Reserve, Jerome Powell, has stated quite clearly interest rates will continue to go up to deal with this inflationary pressure. Now, none of that's going to matter if we don't stop spending. But that's not going to get reported. Monkeypox will. Monkeypox will be the top story. The problem is that monkeypox is not the top story. Monkeypox is not the top story at all. We have to start accepting the fact that there are stories in America that need our attention, even if we don't like the players in the story. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, great to be with you guys. William Jacobson joins us right now, Cornell Law Professor, the mind behind LegalInsurrection.com, and I have been more and more bothered by learning that uh, the FBI looked at the documents they raided from President Trump's home, even though, according to the president, some of those documents are covered by attorney-client privilege. President Trump wanted a special master. The FBI was like, ah, don't bother. We already looked at everything. Already looked at everything. This story won't get coverage. People are going to be like, yeah, well, so what? Big deal. I think it's a big deal. So I go to an expert to find out. William Jacobson, uh, you're on the road, but I appreciate you taking the time uh, to be with us. You've got the story at LegalInsurrection.com. Mar-a-Lago raid. Fed seized privileged Trump documents. New court filing confirms. And now they admit they looked at it. Did the FBI have the right to take these things? And what is your take on them already looking at it? Well, the FBI has a procedure that they use for search warrants where they assign a team of supposed specialists who are not connected to the prosecution to review potentially privileged documents. Do they have a right to do that? I think that's open to question, but it's something that is done routinely. So the question here is, now that it's been three weeks since they seized the material, what else have they looked at? What else have they scrutinized? And it's a terribly unfair procedure because it vests in this team at the FBI the decision whether something is arguably privileged. Uh, And so that's a problem, but it's something that unfortunately happens in a lot of cases. And unless you have a lawyer who can run into court very quickly to get some sort of court supervision, which has happened in cases where cell phones have been seized and things like that, the FBI does what they want for a couple of weeks. And that's really the problem here is that we don't really know what they've looked at. They've probably looked at just about everything Uh, except those few documents or those limited number of documents which they acknowledge are probably privileged. What that means is someone at the FBI has looked at them, just not the prosecution team. So uh, I'm one of the people who has looked at this warrant, a warrant that said uh, that we're looking for fruits of crime, and said, my gosh, this doesn't comport with the Fourth Amendment uh, at all. Then there's the conversation that, the property list that the president was to be given or his team was to be given about what was taken clearly didn't have every document, like the passport conversation became a conversation, clearly didn't have uh, every document uh, in it. 
what it looks like, especially with the redactions in the affidavit, it looks like a DOJ and an FBI that doesn't want to share anything, but wants to be able to do anything it wants with uh, the, the the data. Uh, starting with the redacted affidavit, um, did you learn anything from this? Or does, uh, in, in terms of, by not sharing certain things, did it tell you certain things? Well, not really. It, it told very little that they already had, had not already leaked to the press. I mean, that's one of the other outrageous things that's going on here, that anything that was revealed there had pretty much been printed in the New York Times and the Washington Post already. So the, it's a very odd situation, a very uh, abusive situation, where the government, on the one hand, wants to claim everything about this is confidential. They didn't even want to give an, a partially redacted affidavit. They didn't want to give anything so with the left hand, they're saying, oh, this is all so private. Nothing can be known about it. With the right hand, they're leaking like crazy to the press. So it's a completely abusive situation. But we've seen this movie before. We saw it in the Russia collusion years of investigation, where there would be leak, leak, leak. And at the end of the day, there really wasn't anything there. So, yes, the FBI, the DOJ, if it were up to them, we wouldn't even know what little we know about it. We would only know what they choose to leak to the press. Talking to William Jacobson, Cornell Law Professor, the mind behind LegalInsurrection.com. You write over there at LegalInsurrection.com, this gives the government sole determination of what might or might not be privileged in the first instance and only invokes court review if the government designates a document as potentially uh, privileged. So we don't know if there will be a special master. We don't know if anything is going to be gone through independently and said, no, 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 you can't have this, 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 or this. Which leads us to how this stuff gets utilized. If something was uh, privileged, but the FBI has already used it, is there any way for them to utilize that in a case they may want to build against the president if that's the plan? Is this something that could eventually uh, get leaked? What are the ramifications here? Well, I think if, if they've reviewed something they shouldn't have reviewed, in theory, if there is a prosecution, it could be excluded from evidence. But they've had the use of the information. You can't unring the bell. They've known what's in those documents, and they've been able to utilize it for other purposes. So while they might not be able to use the documents or the contents of the documents, it will have led them to other things. And that's what's going on nowadays. Hardly a week seems to pass that some Republican isn't having their phone seized uh, and all those sort of things. I mean, the, the FBI you know, we all want them to fight criminals. We all want them to fight terrorists and, you know, foreign spies. But when they weaponize these tactics against Americans, and particularly Americans who are political opponents of the current administration, it's extraordinarily dangerous. Now we move into uh, a part two, because uh, I'm I'm with you and, and I'm there. The what what you're talking about is the the politicization of, of the FBI of the DOJ the utilization uh as as weaponry as opposed to being a an organization that that fights crime which is yes i i agree what we want is there within this raid anything that can be thought of as a crime committed by former president trump well that's open to debate. I mean, his counsel would say no, that he had a right to these documents. He had a right to declassify them. The government would say, no, you didn't. 
And uh, once you're no longer president, you no longer have the right to keep them. Maybe it wasn't a crime to take them when you left the White House, but it's a crime to keep them because it's national defense information. So, you know, I, I think they, they passed that low hurdle of showing a magistrate that there was a potential crime here that they needed to gather evidence to. But uh, I think most people think there's probably not enough of a crime to justify prosecuting a political opponent, someone who's likely to be running for president. And the whole timing of this is so strange. Uh, on, on the one hand, the government says this was such an emergency that we needed to rush in uh, to get these documents. On the other hand, what that affidavit does reveal is there have been a number of weeks of back and forth between the two, between the Trump team and the FBI and the DOJ. So if it wasn't a rush for a number of weeks, why on August 5th when they got the warrant, why did it become a rush, an emergency? And that is something that is not revealed in the affidavit. Maybe it's in those eight or nine pages of redacted material, but the FBI has never shown what the emergency was, what the threat was. In fact, they've never shown, uh, at least by description, what the, con what the documents were. Uh, so we don't really know, but they're certainly leaking to the Washington Post. Notice how we haven't heard anything recently about the so-called nuclear secrets. That, right. that was the first leak, was that it contained nuclear materials. We're not hearing anything about that anymore. And then we heard that he had lists of spies and payrolls for spies. That, I forget who printed that, whether it was the New York Times or somebody else. Uh, we're not hearing anything about that. So what they did is they kind of made their case for an emergency with leaks, but they haven't made their case for an emergency yet in anything that's been revealed in court. One of the other uh, conversation pieces has been you can't utilize the Presidential Records Act, which is the conversation, right? The president shouldn't have certain documents. The National Archives keeps uh, the, the, these documents. Uh, but you, you, you can't utilize the Presidential Records Act as a, as a way of um, charging somebody with a crime, can you? Meaning is a violation of the Presidential Records Act worthy of, of, of the raid? And is it the kind of thing that if you prosecuted somebody on that and found them guilty, can, can you find them guilty and therefore that's how you keep them from running for president? Well, no, that, I don't think that's going to happen. I think that most people are suggesting, based on the warrant, um, that they're going to try to make some sort of obstruction of justice claim out here, that the uh, he we're speculating, but he told them he had returned everything and he hadn't, and that obstructed justice. Or he secreted things to try to hide it from them. Or he was carting boxes out over that week. I mean, we don't know, but I think that is, if they are going to criminally charge him, uh, my, and I'm not sure that's going to happen, my guess it would be some sort of obstruction of justice, because that would avoid the messy legal issues as to whether a former president or a president leaving office can declassify things, because they would say it doesn't matter whether it was declassified or classified. It was national defense information. We were investigating it, and you interfered with our investigation. So, you know, that's how they'll get them. That's how they get a lot of people. It's obstruction of justice. It's lying to the FBI. It's not some underlying crime. Before I let you go, and I appreciate taking the time, uh, William Jacobson, Cornell Law Professor, the mind behind LegalInsurrection.com. Um, 
Uh, President Trump has uh, gone on to say uh, when it comes to uh, the podcast between Mark Zuckerberg and uh, Joe Rogan, where Zuckerberg said the FBI did indeed contact them uh, about the New York Post story regarding Hunter Biden, the laptop. You shouldn't be reporting on this. Hey, look out for disinformation here. And so therefore they throttled uh, the ability to share that story, just like Twitter uh, uh, throttled the ability to share the the story. This is proof uh, that um, uh, the the election w- was tainted, and 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 what should happen here is, is that uh, there should be a uh, a uh, with this election interference, they should declare the rightful winner, or at a minimum, uh, hold a, a new election. This is what he calls uh, the remedy. Um, neither one of those things are possible, correct? Yeah, that's not going to happen. I mean, he makes good points that this was a tainted election. I mean, I think um, we're all beginning to realize particularly with regard to the Hunter Biden laptop, just how manipulated the election was. So he's not wrong there, but he's suggesting remedies that are not going to happen. Okay. Uh, And so it cannot happen. There's no mechanism for that. Correct. So so that's not going to happen. So I think it to some extent waters down, you know, his point that I, I think we've come to the conclusion, a lot of people have come to the conclusion that the election was manipulated uh, it was manipulated not by the Russians. It was manipulated by uh, big media, which chose not to report the Hunter Biden laptop. It was manipulated by big tech, which actually silenced people from who aren't reporters from reporting on it. It was um, manipulated by 50 former intelligence officials who misleadingly claimed this looked like Russian disinformation when we knew it wasn't. And it was, you know, manipulated in many different ways. So you don't have to come to the conclusion that, you know, a computer was hacked or something like that. Uh, you know, but the fact is it was a manipulated election. They, they took great unprecedented pains to avoid the public knowing that one of the presidential candidates, Joe Biden, essentially sold his office to the foreign bidders to enrich his son and possibly himself, and was deeply corrupt. And that, I think, would have had an impact. Remember, this was a very close election, uh, you know, 30, 40, 50,000 votes in a few different states, and, it's a, and Donald Trump's reelected. Uh, so there's, there's no question that this had an impact. And we need to view the Biden presidency with all the damage he's done as somebody who was elected through a manipulated election. That doesn't mean a stolen election. That doesn't mean somebody hacked into an account or something like that. But it is a was a manipulated election. I just think and I, I think that your point is extremely valid. And I think it's important for people to note that just because President Trump says it there. I just want to remind people there is no mechanism. That is exactly the right terminology. You, you can't have a new election immediately. You can't declare rightful winners. That's just not how uh, that's not how the system works. But I do think that this uh, more and more uh, will have an effect on midterms and most probably the general election in 2024. William Jacobson, Cornell Law Professor, the mind behind LegalInsurrection.com. I appreciate you being with us. We've got more. I'm Tony Katz. Border Patrol is being very, very, very clear. The issues at the border are Biden policy driven. 
Very clear, very focused, very accurate. Tony Katz, great to be with you. Tony Katz, uh, today, the Border Patrol chief is Raul Ortiz. And he was under oath. Part of a discovery that from a lawsuit by the Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody against the Department of Homeland Security. And he's not mincing words. He's saying, yeah, they're responsible. Ortiz, that the southern border is currently in crisis. Objection. Yes. Would you agree, Chief Ortiz, that unprecedented numbers of aliens are illegally entering the United States right now? Objection. Yes. When President Biden was elected, did the number of aliens trying to illegally enter the United States increase or decrease? Objection. Increase. From your 31 years of experience, has the Border Patrol in a year ever had the number of encounters that it's going to have in 2022? Objection. No. Is the crisis that is currently ongoing at the southern border uh, making the border less safe for Americans and aliens alike? Objection. Yes. Since President Biden was elected, does this document indicate that aliens illegally entering the United States perceive that they will be able to enter and remain in the United States? Objection. Yes. I'm not sure who's doing the objecting. Do you object to, well, anything having to do with the problems that we're having as a nation? You object to every question? You object to yes or no questions? Or do you object to somebody putting it on the record? I'm not sure. I am not sure what the purpose of all the objections are. Rational people know we have a problem at the border. That policy is a massive part of the problem at the border. Uh, that we as a nation are a sovereign nation and we are allowed to protect our border doesn't make us bad people. I'm a believer in legal immigration. We should be uh, fully supportive of legal immigration. We should have no support of illegal immigration, nor should we have support of the idea that you can flood the border to the point that we crack. And shame on Congress for continuing to allow this to happen. This is Tony Katz today. Truth Social, that's President Trump's social media platform, has now been barred from the Google Play Store. Of course it has. Of course it has. Why? Concerns over content moderation. Good Lord. Tony Katz. Great to be with you, Tony Katz, today. 833-GOT-TONY. That's the number. Love to hear from you. 833-468-8669. Get to be a part of the show. This is gross. It continues unabated on August 19th. We notified Truth Social of several violations of standard policies in their current app submission and reiterated that having effective systems for moderating user-generated content is a condition of our terms of service for any app to go live on Google Play. This is, um, this is madness. This isn't about moderation. Who believes that at this stage of the game? Who believes that this is about moderation? 
This is about you don't want Trump talking. This is about uh, you've got Elon Musk, who is ne- second time is like, yeah, maybe you don't understand. I'm not buying Twitter. You guys lied like a mother. You lied. You lied about the number of bots. You lied about your 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 own internal numbers. No, I'm not buying. Which, of course, creates great opportunity for Truth Social to be back in play. And you don't want people, because you're starting to see news outlets report on what Trump says on Truth Social. Like they used to report what he said on Twitter. Oh, we can't have that. Can't have that. Just can't ignore the guy, can you? Dear Lord, it is obsession on obsession on obsession. And the obsession isn't just about Trump. The obsession is based and predicated on the idea that we do not allow those who may be a threat to our power to have any opportunities. We must not engage in great debate that wins over the people and wins us elections. Rather, we must destroy the enemy until the enemy is dead because the enemy is violence. Well, what's violent? Because I disagree with you. Yes, disagreement is violence. The enemy is trying to destroy democracy because I have a different point of view on foreign policy. Yes, that, of course, is trying to destroy uh, democracy. You will keep us from voting. Nothing that conservatives have done keeps you from voting. And even when you complained about it in Georgia, you had more people showing up for the last election. Nope. You're going to keep people from voting. You're going to take away the right to same-sex marriage. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. You cannot be trusted. Joe Biden is going to have, I think it's Thursday, it's a primetime address on this subject. I said it yesterday. I have been proven right. Before anybody else said it, guys, we said it right here. Before anybody else said it, we said it right here. That this Democratic Party, with their commentaries, is looking to create a violent situation come the election. Pushing this idea that the political right is going to Hurt the election, harm the election. If they win, you can't trust the election. This is is the plan. The plan is to gin things up. The plan is to create fear. The plan is to demonize and dehumanize. And they are all working on the same plan. The plan includes leaking the taxes of Nikki Haley, which is exactly what Politico did. What kind of lowlife you must be to still work at Politico. Taxes got released to them uh, of uh, Nikki Haley, including donors to her organization. And... Politico printed it. Politico printed it. I mean, joyfully. Joyfully printed it. And Nikki Haley going, uh, talking with uh, 
Dana Perino on Fox News is like, oh, yeah, we're uh, we're going to fight hard here. And so Stand for America has a newsletter that they put out every day. And, you know, what we're seeing is all of a sudden we get notified that that our donors are going to get leaked to the press, which is a state tax violation and a federal tax violation if that happens it's leaked we look at the last page from the article from the um what politico provided and it has the new york state attorney general's mm. office stamp on it so the new york state attorney general's leticia james you know the name because it's leticia james who's been going after who donald trump and the trump companies calling him in uh, to, to, to testify, uh, Trump uh, and his team. I, I, wasn't it their conversation that he engaged the Fifth Amendment and people were like, oh, how dare you? What? They have no idea what the Fifth Amendment is. Uh, my job is not to incriminate myself. Your job is to prove it. I'm innocent until proven guilty. You prove it. Man, the, the, the left seems to hate that idea. Seems to be very angry about that idea. They should just be able to say it, and therefore you're guilty. Nikki Haley continues. So that office leaked it to the press, um, and so now we are basically saying we're not going to cry about this, we're not going to whine about this, we're going to fight this. And we are filing a lawsuit against the New York State Attorney General's office. We are going to Merrick Garland and saying this is a federal tax crime, and we want him to investigate that office. Now, I'm not thinking he's going to do that, but we're certainly going to make him answer for it. And what this means, Dana, is they're trying to intimidate conservatives. And what I will say is every conservative out there, if you are tired of seeing how they're weaponizing government, if you're tired of seeing what they did to President Trump, if you're tired of seeing what they've done to the NRA and, and uh, to our pro-life groups, join us and unite in this fight. Go now, I, I, you could take this in a couple different ways. I've got more that I want to share with you from what Nikki Haley was talking about because I, I enjoyed what she had to say. Is it possible that someone leaks this to give Nikki Haley some more uh, uh, street cred and therefore uh, puts her in the running and maybe this helps keep Trump from running? I know, I know what you're saying. I know what you're about to say. I wholeheartedly agree. That's me going full conspiracy theory. I totally get it. I agree with you. But you got to admit, uh, it gives Haley a platform, and people be like, oh, yeah, Nikki Haley. Yeah, she can, she can play tough. I don't think anything keeps Trump from running. Don't get me wrong. But this is the correct approach to when these things are leaked. I think that people who leak these things need to go to jail for 50 years. Regardless of anything else, Leakers need to go to jail. By the way, who leaked the Samuel Alito draft on Roe v. Wade? Why don't we know this? It's not John Roberts Supreme Court. It is the Supreme Court of the United States of America. I want to know who leaked. Who gets fired? Nothing, John Roberts? I knew I didn't like you for a reason. Back to Ambassador Haley. 
go to StandForAmerica.com because we're not going to take it anymore. You don't see leaks coming out of the ACLU. You don't see leaks coming out of Planned Parenthood. You only see these things happening to conservatives that they perceive to be a threat. And I'm going to tell you, look, I, I fought Russia. I fought China. The New York State Attorney General's Office, we can do this. And I think we just need to make sure we're loud. And it's only going to make us louder that they keep doing this. Well, Politico also gave a response to us here at Fox News saying that the role of money in politics has never been greater, from pushing for policy outcomes to orchestrating ad campaigns to funding the political operations of potential presidents and other elected officials at every level. It is unquestionably in the public interest to understand who is trying to influence the political system and how they are trying to do it. And Politico's reporting is fully protected by the First Amendment. I don't know if that's the case. One could argue Politico's given the information, they're allowed to share the information. Should they share the information is different than can they share the information, quite possibly. But is there any doubt that what Nikki Haley's saying is a thousand percent true? This only happens to conservatives? It only affects conservatives? That these people cannot be trusted? Those in positions of power have shown to abuse the power when it fits their ideological desires and their needed narratives? So all Politico did was aid and abet in that distrust. Okay. That said, why is there this myth that it's only the right that has so-called dark money groups? Why does that persist? You know, I mean... No, and that's right. So go have the Sierra Club release their numbers. Go have Planned Parenthood do it. The reason is you've got people who fight for good conservative policies that want those solutions out there. That's what this is. We have a political organization, and we have hundreds of thousands of people who donate to that. All of them are listed. All of them are public because that's required by the law. It is not required by the law. If you are a policy advocacy organization like Stand for America, it's not required that you disclose your donors any more than you would disclose personal tax returns. If you want to do this, change the law. But right now, that is the law. So the idea that New York State Attorney General can violate state law, can turn around and violate federal tax law, I mean, there is no excuse whatsoever for this lawlessness. And that's what we're seeing coming out of these liberal government entities that decide they're going to decide who needs to be blown up and who doesn't well you know we're not going to throw cotton balls at them we're going to throw a grenade and we're going to make sure that they know enough is enough this is too much and i hope everybody will join us at standforamerica.com we're going to get loud we're going to keep calling them out for the terrible policies that they have we're going to talk about the solutions that should be happening in this country instead and we're not going to let government weaponize us anymore we're not going to do it here's what i just learned don't make nikki haley mad all right um I can feel your passion exactly coming through. right. I wear heels. It's not a fashion statement. We do it for kicking. You know that. Oh, okay. I didn't know we were, we were kicking. I thought it was a smart approach from Nikki Haley. Does Nikki Haley win a primary? No. I mean, does she, does she win the nomination? No. She doesn't. I'm not... A, I, I, I have some friends who are just... They, they are all done with Nikki Haley. They're they're just, they're not in it. They're not buying it. Too much of a squish, too much of a rhino. I have never really felt that uh, 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 about her. I just, I just don't think that with the field that exists, 
Uh, if if I were to ask a top three, I leave Trump to the to the side on on all of this because he would be in 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 any mix. Uh, it's DeSantis, Abbott of Texas, and Mike Pompeo of Kansas. Yes, Mike Pompeo. I, I I'm here to tell you that I think that there's uh go you're going to find that there's going to be a level of movement behind him. I think he'd have the the, the toughest road of those three. But compared to those three, I think Nikki Haley is. Too too much uphill to do, way too much uphill uh, to do. Uh, that she couldn't be of support and assist and of cabinet and of something else. Uh, I think that that's true. I think that that could happen, for sure. I I I believe that. But the story here is that when they choose to, they leak. They lie, they cheat, they manipulate, they abuse power. I don't think we should reward those people. And I think that the people who are fine with that, you should know who they are, whether it's social media or in your everyday life. The people who are okay with the abuse of power, those are bad people. I'm Tony Katz. Did you hear about this thing on a Natalie Portman film? I couldn't figure out if it was something political or not. It was it was very strange. The story goes, Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. So Natalie Portman, actress, you've seen pictures. She's in Thor. Um, uh, am, I, am I supposed to remember she's in Star Wars? I can't do that. Um, there's this, she's filming in Baltimore. And it's a it's an upcoming limited series called Lady in the Lake. I don't even know what it is. A group of locals confronted a driver of the production, said they would only, quote-unquote, allow filming to continue if they were paid $50,000. So the group said, uh, uh, you got to pay us fifty grand," And the guy's like, what are you talking about? I'm not paying you anything. So they said, we're going to come back later and shoot someone if production continued. So... If you want to know what the slippery slope is to allowing people to steal from your local CVS and your local Target, to allowing uh, these flash mob violent crimes to happen, now we're into the straight-on bribery society that you have in Banana Republics. If you want to do this, you got to pay us. Have you ever seen the videos out of, like, Rio de Janeiro and other places where it's just video after video of, of kids robbing people on the streets uh, you know, running up to them, stealing the sunglasses off their head or the phone out of their hands or trying to grab the watch off of them. And three or four people come from different angles to try and get the backpack and attack. Total, total lawlessness. I have watched these videos multiple times and been like, what in the bloody hell is this? What insanity am I looking at right here? This is madness. Straight up threats. Pay us or we'll shoot you. That's a take. Really, you know, when we talk about the signs of societal decline, when we talk about cultural rot, what else is it? What else is it? By the way, uh, it only has to happen once. 
All you need is for some production to pay once, and that's it. That's it. Now, I believe that if you threaten somebody, do this or I'll shoot you. Uh, first of all, as, as a crime, uh, I, I'm not sure how you charge it. But I believe that if I'm the one threatened, that is license for me to do to you whatever it is needs to be done. Am I, am I the only one? Am I the only one? Really? Huh. I didn't think I'd be the only one, but what do you know? Who knew? Who knew? Biden is going to hold a presser. He's going to hold a, He's going to give a speech warning America about the threat to democracy that obviously I pose. And probably you because you're listening. And certainly your mom. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today.